I think in one's career, those that are really successful are always guided by your true north. What is your north mm. star? Those that are visionary leaders, those that are goal-oriented type of leaders, those that I believe really succeed are the ones that know what your end game is. And I knew I wanted to be a part of something that would create something better for my children and their children. Welcome to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores exceptional career success stories, inspiring and insightful personal brand journeys that answer the question, are you coffee or are you Starbucks? Fascinating conversations with leaders about their career breakthroughs from entertainment, tech, media, and more. You'll learn how they've turned up the volume on their brand to unlock success. Firsthand, uncensored, and real, as told by people who've been there, and plenty of inspiration and practical tools to help you lead with your brand every day as you drive towards your next career breakthrough. And now, here's your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Hey everybody, Jason Patria here, and you are listening to the Lead With Your Brand podcast, which is the podcast for folks just like you who are looking to turn up the volume, show your value, and lead with your brand to your next career breakthrough. Well, we are continuing our celebration of Hispanic Heritage Month here at the podcast by featuring amazing voices of leaders, influencers, and changemakers, all who identify as Latinx. So make sure to check us out at leadwithyourbrand.com slash Latinx to hear our full Hispanic Heritage Month collection. And this week, we have an amazing guest. It is Joelle Martinez, who is the president and CEO of the Latino Leadership Institute. But before we get to Joelle, let's talk a little bit about your brand. Now, last week, I had the amazing opportunity to speak at the Out and Equal Workplace Summit, which is the world's largest gathering of folks for LGBTQ plus workplace equality. Now, I was speaking at my career breakthrough lab, and one of the biggest questions that I got was, you know, what's the biggest thing that gets in the way of people's career, and how is it that you can move past that? Well, I think the audience was a little bit surprised at my answer because so often I find that the person who is most in the way of your career is you. That's right. Sometimes the person who's been the biggest barrier in my career has been myself because you know we all have a set of self-limiting beliefs. Now, for all of us, we have a unique experience, and every single one of us has experiences that have shaped us for the good and sometimes for the bad, because I think for all of us, especially those of us that come from marginalized communities, whether you identify as a woman or a person of color or a member of the LGBTQ plus community or any other of those intersections, we've all grown up with skills that were about surviving, right? They were things that help us survive 
and they have become muscle memory, things, actions, behaviors, even mindsets that we've kept throughout our life. Well, you know what? In our formative years, maybe even in those early years in our career, those survival skills kept us here, right? They kept us alive. They kept us in the game. They got us those early jobs. But as we've moved up in our careers, sometimes those very skills are inhibiting us from thriving. So I challenge you to think for yourself, what are some of those self-limiting beliefs that you've created over your life so that you could survive that perhaps are preventing you from thriving in your career today? Well, let me just share a little bit of my own experience. You know, I grew up as a kid that was heavily bullied and, you know, my dad was kind of the first of his family to go to college and he moved so many of his younger siblings to California, the mainland from territorial Hawaii. And he always instilled in me, like, going to school is your job and you've got to get great grades and you've got to do all of these things and go to school and do this if you want to have a successful life. And early on as a kid in school, I started to realize, you know, the best way to not get bullied was to be the best at things, right? You had to go and do things that you could be the best at. So you know what? I excelled at things like the arts because I could always win that grand prize at the pet and hobby show in the art category. And I could always get like my poster to win the annual poster contest or design the program for the musical. And I excelled at theater because I could be the best there. I could get cast because I could sing and I could dance and I was just, you know, enough better than other people. And you know what? That really helped me survive. And what I realized is when I got into the workforce, you know, as like a short, multiracial, LGBTQ plus identified guy, you know, the best way to move past all of that bias was to just be the best at something. You know, I was the best microphone spieler. I was the best trainer. It helped me move ahead. But what I later realized was my drive at being the best often prevented me from thriving. And what do I mean by that? You know what I realized? Being the best is great, but there's only room for one person to be the best. In order for me to be the best, it meant that other people had to be worse. And when I started working on teams, that's not really the best way to have teamwork. And I would oftentimes find myself being overly competitive, right? And maybe rolling over and not being as supportive of my peers because I was so driven by the fact that I needed to be the best. And you know what else I realized? I would shy away from things that I knew that I wasn't going to be the best at. And you know what? I think I might have robbed myself not only of opportunities to learn and grow, but I certainly robbed myself of some opportunities for career advancement. So what do I do about that? Those survival skills got me to this place, but it wasn't going to get me moving forward. And I realized if I was going to thrive, I needed to flip the script. I needed to rewrite that script and have a new reel playing in my head. And I realized, you know what? It's not about being the best. It's about being excellent and helping others be excellent because there's a lot of room at the table for a lot of people to have excellence. And when I thought about being excellent, I thought about how I could help other people be excellent and surround myself with excellence by helping other people. And that's when I really saw my career begin to take off. And that's when I really saw myself 
able to rise through the ranks. So here's my challenge to you. What are some of those self-limiting beliefs that you've built up over the years just to survive that might be holding you back? And more importantly, how can you thrive by rewriting that script so that you build new muscle memory for a new set of actions and behaviors that get you to the next level? Well, I am super excited about our guest for today. It is Joelle Martinez, who is the president and CEO of the Latino Leadership Institute. Now, Joelle is a highly respected and accomplished executive, strategist, speaker, and facilitator who has earned national recognition. Prior to launching the Latino Leadership Institute, she had a 15-year career crafting impactful strategies for communication, business development, and public affairs across private and public sectors. Joelle's areas of expertise include neuroleadership, Latino identity, civic engagement, demographic shifts, and workplace diversity and inclusion. In recognition of her achievements, Joelle was named one of the most powerful women by the Colorado Women's Chamber of Commerce in 2017. Her remarkable contributions to the Latino community were honored with the prestigious NFL Hispanic Heritage Leadership Award in 2019. Notably, Joelle has made significant contributions to various community and business organizations, actively serving on the Hispanic Advisory Council for Coca-Cola, multiple nonprofit boards, for-profit advisory committees, and executive committees. We'll be back with Joelle Martinez, the president and CEO of the Latino Leadership Institute, in just a moment. For over 25 years, Jason has coached, trained, and developed thousands of leaders and executives, helping them achieve their next career breakthrough. He's a featured speaker at global conferences and companies to help everyone bring their best authentic self to work, show their value, and lead with their brand every day. Get more tips and tools at leadwithyourbrand.com. We are back. I have an amazing guest with us today. It is Joelle Martinez. Joelle, what is going on? Oh, so much today. So excited to be here with you this morning. Well, happy Hispanic Heritage Month. I'm excited to hear. Kick us off and tell us what is exciting and happening at Latino Leadership Institute. Well, as you mentioned, we are in Hispanic Heritage Month, and this is a month of celebration and reflection. And we really leverage this at the Latino Leadership Institute to highlight the changing population and the influence and the impact that Latinos are not just having today, but have had on the United States, really, even before we were the United States. So this is just a really exciting time for Yes. And and what uh, what excites you the most about uh, about this Hispanic Heritage Month? I think what excites me the most right now is that, you know, it's just an opportunity to have conversations with folks about changing demographics, Latino impact in the economy and the workplace. And while I'm one of those who believe we should be celebrating Latinos 12 months out of the year, I do appreciate (laughs) that in the next four weeks, we can focus our time and attention on the mass contribution that Latinos are having on every facet of our lives today. 
Absolutely. Now, Joelle, talk to me, because I know in your role as president and CEO, you are constantly out in media. You're constantly out working with uh, with government officials and corporate leaders. Tell me, when you first meet people, how do you introduce yourself, who you are and what it is that you do? I love this question because we should all have our elevator pitch ready to go. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> uh, you know, I'd proudly say I'm Joelle Martinez, president and CEO of the Latino Leadership Institute. And the work I do is to identify, support, and prepare a new generation of Latino leaders in all sectors and industries. Ooh, I love that, right? And I know that it's all about that elevator pitch because it's like getting right in the door and letting people know who you are. Now, Joelle, talk to me. Um, you've had you had a, a significant career prior to uh, prior to your role. Talk to me when you think back over your career. What were some of the big moments, those career breakthrough moments, that led you to being a president and CEO today? So I began my career in politics, actually, uh, mm. at a time where I think people were really still proud to be in politics, uh, where we still had <laughs> right partisanship. And I got to spend a lot of time in Washington, D.C. and traveling across the country. And, you know, actually, over the weekend, we lost one of our greats and Governor mm. Bill Richardson. And yes. I was writing over the weekend that, you know, my time spent with the governor back between 2003 and, and 2008 were some of the most important times in my career. Um, when he decided to run for president, I, I worked mm. on you know his PR and media for him. But it was the time that we would spend in the car. You know, when you mm. land someplace, you have to drive to your campaign stop. Yeah. And it were those conversations in the car that at the time I didn't even realize how special they were. You know, as as the first Hispanic to do so many things, I really had the opportunity to to be right alongside and and just see what it took to be the first. Mm. And getting to see the first of many, my grandmother was the first Latina president of the Denver City Council. Mm. My friend and mentor Federico Pena was the first Latino mayor here in Denver. And I I took for granted that these individuals were in these extraordinary positions. Uh, but realizing that throughout my career, I got to experience and see firsthand the first. So I think those experiences really did help lead me to the role I have today and understanding what it actually took them and what it actually even took myself to get into those positions of power and influence. But for me, the one real experience that changed my career happened to be in December and I happened to be at the White House mm. uh, celebrating for the holiday parties in, in 2012, which is just an extraordinary time. The president had just won re-election, and that's a time to celebrate in Washington, D.C. Um, I took my husband for the first time. He had been supportive of me all these years and had never been to the White House with me, so I took him to the parties. But what I didn't know is that outside the world was very different than the party going on indoors mm. in that it was actually the tragedy of Sandy Hook. And when I learned what happened at Sandy Hook and, and the president was actually in the situation room um, and so delayed to come to the holiday party for, for obviously good reasons. But I remember the chatter of people around me talking about, you know, not even now would, would we change policy. And for me, that was one of those moments in my career 
where I had to kind of gut check myself. And, and, you know, I really believe that public policy was where I was going to make the most impact. Yeah. But I think as we have highs in our career, we also have those moments in our career that challenge us. And for me, that was a moment that challenged me. Was this the right career choice for me? And ultimately, I decided that I was kind of done with politics and done with Washington and decided that to change outcomes in the future, I really wanted to invest in the people that would make the change happen and enter the Latino leadership where I believe change happens through individuals. And that's where I focus my attention today. Yeah. And now, Joelle, tell me, because that's a big jump, right? Like you've invested all of this time in a political career, right? I mean, you're at the White House. What went through your thought process in really evaluating the trade-off to really jump into advocacy work, jump into the nonprofit space? I think in one's career, those that are really successful are always guided by your true north. What is your north Mm. star? Those that are visionary leaders, those that are goal-oriented type of leaders, those that I believe really succeed are the ones that know what your end game is. And I knew I wanted to be a part of something that would create something better for my children and their children. I do believe in that. I believe in servant leadership. I believe in taking responsibility and helping create a, a pathway forward. So with a true north, I knew what I'd want in my end goal to be, my end result, What I had to really question is the pathway forward. What was the route to get there? And, you know, after much, you know, real uh, self-reflection and and a lot of thought and, of course, talking to mentors and, and folks that helped me throughout my career really helped me understand that at the end of the day, I really wanted to invest my time into developing people and people would ultimately create a ripple effect of change. So line of sight on end goal, understanding what your true north is and being unwavering, even if your your route has to change, uh, yeah. I think is a way to really navigate big changes in one's career. Yeah. And talk to me in your role at the Latino Leadership Institute, you know, over the years, what is a leadership muscle that you feel you've really mastered or, or really had to build up to be as influential as you are today? Confidence. Uh, this is something that we actually teach a lot in in the fellowship. And this is really important. It's contextual, yeah. especially working with Latino and especially Latina leaders. Yeah. You have to understand that there are many cultural norms that we are so used to, uh, one of those being humility. And it's it's actually ingrained in us, uh, you know, it was at least in me at a very young age, you know, stay humble, miha, be grateful, miha. And these are very <laughs> good attributes to have. I think it's actually yeah. great character. But in the professional, especially, you know, working with a lot of C-suite executives and others, that can actually translate into a lack of confidence or a lack of self-assurance. Mm. And oftentimes I have found myself in need of a reminder that that it's okay to be humble, but it's also equally okay to be proud and confident. And I think the confidence muscle is one of those things that I'm constantly working on, you know, really encouraging myself to take a compliment, something I don't do well, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> and and some of this is built in, you know, some some people use the term imposter syndrome and some yeah. of these other things, but between our cultural norms and maybe, you know, stereotypes and microaggressions and some other things that we encounter in the workplace, 
it's absolutely normal to lack confidence. And and that, though, is, is a really important element to being a strong leader. So we actually work with our, our fellows and our students that go through our leadership program to build up confidence in an authentic way without having to give up our humility and gratitude and some of those really strong characteristics that make us great leaders. Yeah. And give me a, what are a couple of the tips for any of our listeners who are, you know, maybe prepping to go into one of those big meetings to either pitch themselves or that interview to sort of bust through some of those, uh, that self-talk that's going through our head. Uh, self-talk is such a dirty word, but it's so true because it can <laughs> absolutely hinder us. So the first thing I talked about is number one, learn to take a compliment. And I mean that seriously actually listen to what the person is saying, let it sink in, and then simply say thank you instead mm. of trying to deflect or make up a reason as to why they're giving you the compliment in the first mm. place. The second one is social capital mentors and sponsors. You know, one of the things that changes the way we think is the the messaging that we get around us. And oftentimes it could be that we're not getting the right messages that are helping to, uh, you know, really remove some of these negative thoughts in our head. I remember I was on the the plane tarmac to my first Hispanic advisory board meeting for the Coca-Cola company. And I had so much self-doubt. I, I thought, you know, it must be a joke that I was even being asked <laughs> to join this extraordinary, which, why me? Uh, you know, they, 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 they must have been, uh, you know, trying to punk me. And uh, the first thing I did was send a text message to my friend and mentor, Catherine. And I said, oh, I've got all these feelings. I just I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't know why. And she was awesome. She said, you know, stop it right now. Get out of your head. You're extraordinary. You're going to do great. You're, you, you know your stuff and have a glass of wine and call me when you get back because it's going to be <laughs> awesome. And it's so true because you just sometimes need that outside validator, that person that really knows you. And I trust her when she says I'm going to do excellent because she's also that same person who's going to check me when I need a little support and help. So learn to take a compliment and find good mentors and sponsors that are going to have your back and keep it honest, but also really give you the real talk when you need it the most. I think those two things combined really help build one's confidence and allows us to go in there without that self-doubt. Absolutely. And and let's talk a little bit about mentorship and sponsorship, because I know it's so core to the work that you all do. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, going back to uh, former Governor Bill Richardson and some of the work that you, you did with him. You had said, you know, it wasn't until sometimes in hindsight that you realized how valuable some of these sort of in, informal conversations sitting in, in the car were. What was sort of the biggest thing that you learned from uh, from Bill Richardson? Well, first off, to even get to Governor Richardson, I had to be brought in by a friend and mentor, Mike Stratton. Mm. And Mike Stratton was a legend in and of himself and, and you know, someone that I really respected and admired. And he took this young, you know, aspiring political consultant under his wing and and never never limited my my potential and you know would tell me I could do something even if I didn't know what I was doing gave me just <laughs> enough support uh, to to send me out there but you know I think between the two of them seeing Stratton and, and Governor Richardson talking 
and just collaborating and both of them recognizing in the moment the importance of the role that they have. Mm. Being in leadership, you have to understand your roles, responsibilities, and obligations to those that you serve. And both Stratton as a Hispanic political consultant and Governor Richardson as a Hispanic governor always understood the obligation and responsibility Mm. that they had to create pathways and opportunities for the broader Hispanic community. And this was back in 2003, 2004, when we were just beginning to really understand our political superpower. Mm. But yet they always knew that, that there was a responsibility. So, for example, Governor Richardson knew it was really important to bring the first presidential debate to directly to the Latino community. So in the 20, uh, 2004 presidential campaign, he fought and New Mexico ended up being the site of one of the first presidential debates. And it was the first time that a debate was done in English and in Spanish. Mm. Again, taking those things for granted uh, because they're, they're you know, caught more common now. In those days, they were. And yeah. I really learned from these individuals that leadership is not about what you say. It's about what you do and mm. that those actions have an implication and a ripple effect on others. So you have to take that responsibility seriously. Yeah. And now give us some sense how do you recommend folks look for mentors and sponsors? Because I know that's core to the work that you all do in the fellowship. Well, especially within organizations, to find a mentor or sponsor, we really work with organizations, big and small, especially those that have ERGs, employee resource groups, and business resource groups. These are great pathways and conduits to mentors and sponsors. I Mm. think it's a critical component of it. But if you're in an organization that doesn't have a resource group, it can be very difficult to find a mentor or a sponsor. One of the first ways is grow, you know, join professional networking groups. There are Mm. plenty of them out there, whether they're sector specific or whether they're, they're, they're community specific. I think there's value. Of course, I'm, I'm a little biased. I think the Latino <laughs> Leadership Institute's <laughs> national network of professionals across sectors and industries is extraordinary. But it's extraordinary because we do have these cross-sector individuals who have a vested interest in your success. Mm. Why? Because I, as a Latino, want to see other Latinas succeed. Yeah. So when a Latina reaches out to me and says, I see you on LinkedIn. I I heard your podcast. It inspired me. I'm going to take the time and I'm going to have even a virtual cafecito with them because I'm invested in their success. And so that's why finding these membership groups with like-minded, sometimes culturally relevant networks is really critically important. You have a sense of belonging. There's a sense of investment. And I think you get more out of the relationship. And the important thing is the difference between mentors and sponsors. Mentors are peer-to-peer. They're there as a sounding board. They can help navigate your career. A sponsor is different. And especially for Latino professionals, we very rarely have access to sponsor. A sponsor is actually someone who's going to pave the path for you, open the door, pull the seat up at the table, and sit you in it and then be alongside you that entire time. Sponsors typically have the pathway and and the kind of power and influence to clear the path for you. And we need both. We need kind of the peer-to-peer mentors, but we also need those sponsors who are actually making sure they're pulling us to those positions. 
Absolutely. And I love that you made that great distinction between mentorship and sponsorship. Tell me, Joelle, how is it that you manage your sponsors so that they are getting value out of the relationship and it's not just about you asking for things? Yeah. Well, I I, I think I know that role as a sponsor myself. I was yeah. serving on a on a board, um, and my role is always the role of three. I want to replace myself with three fabulous <laughs> Latinos or Latinas. <laughs> That's my role, so that we can change the number of leadership. Yeah, I think in being in that space, there's just so much reward when you have someone and you you see them step into that space and that role alongside you, and they thrive. And so for a sponsor, all you really have to get out of it and the ROI for you is the satisfaction that you are doing the work of holding the door open. Mm. You know, my grandmother on her last day of city council after serving 16 years, she said it was important for her to be the first Latina elected. It was more important for her to make sure she wasn't the last. So as sponsors, that's our role. That when we get into those positions of power and influence, we're doing everything we can to make sure we're not the last and in great situations that we can create the multiple. And this is particularly important for the underrepresented communities. Um, and, And we really have to work hard and be intentional about that. Yeah. Now, you you talked a little bit about your family. Tell me, when you were a little kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? A doctor. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's funny because I I, I actually started uh, college when I went to Loyola Marymount and I, I my family business is politics and, and entrepreneurs and and finance. And so I wanted to rebel and I really wanted to go into medical school. I, I just thought that that would be so neat. Um, and then I learned that you can't debate an OCHEM and you can't <laughs> be analytical and, you know, kind of the social justice component in me uh, was missing. And so I shifted to political science and, you know, that's always been my home. Ah, well, let's talk a little bit, Joelle, about your brand as a leader and an, and an executive. Give me three words that describe brand Joelle Martinez. Visionary. So mm. I am always going to be talking about the future, forward looking. I think that is huge. Authentic. And I want to come back to how I got to authentic because I think it's a really important piece of of the story. And then the third is unapologetic. I think I got to a space in my career where I just want things a certain way. And I think that that's very much a part of the brand is I unapologetically want things to be better. And, and that's something I'm not willing to give up on. Yeah. So I love that. Visionary, authentic, and unapologetic. Well, let's double click into authentic because I feel like people throw that term, you know, around all the time. What does it look like on you as a leader? One of the important things to know is that I would not have claimed to be an authentic leader even probably a few years ago. And this is statistically true for particularly a lot of Latinos And that's because 76% of professional Latinos report repressing part of their identity to get ahead. Mm. And sadly, it actually proves to be quite successful. If we blend in, and and early on in my career, I was given advice, you know, to to not wear red lipstick, to not wear big, bold earrings, to Mm. wear more subdued colors, and even straighten my hair because my curly hair could get a little crazy. 
And I think that for a long time, I followed the rules and I wore really ugly brown suits and, and you know, probably pearls instead of big hoops. And it just didn't feel like me. And and I put less and less of myself forward because it didn't feel like me. And again, some 86% of other professionals are reporting that same experience. Mm. So to step into a space of authenticity as a leader meant that I had to do a lot of self-reflection, work on that confidence, and really push back at probably what was, you know, well-intended uh, career advice, which actually ended up being quite harmful. Yeah. So we have to find this perfect combination of being unique and also finding our sense of realism and belonging and authenticity. And that's sometimes a really hard space to find yourself in when you're getting so many messages and, you know, you're still kind of uh, seen through stereotypical lenses. Yeah. So I talk about authenticity in a way that means I can bring my cultural identity. I don't have to change who I am. I wear my red lipstick boldly and proudly. <laughs> and and what you get is what you see is what you get. And there was a long time in my career where that was not the case. And I talk about that openly because I know there's a lot of people out there that, that probably feel the same way. Yeah. And stepping into your authenticity means that you actually step into your own identity and you do so with pride unapologetically. Yeah. So then let's talk about unapologetically because I love that as like such a supersized word, right? It has so much distinction and, and uniqueness. Talk to me, were, was that something that you, you've always felt like was part of your brand or it's something that's evolved for you? Oh, it's evolved. I, I think I just, I, you know, I had enough. I, I got to a point and, you know, I think for a lot of people, you know, George Floyd, you know, just, I think the headlines, the news, I, I feel in this work, especially of, of really working to make sure that leadership is reflective of the growing diversity in the country. It's really lonely work. And you take five steps forward on a given day to go 10 back by the end mm. of the day. And progress just doesn't seem like enough. And I, quite frankly, just got really tired of explaining all about the Latino economic, social uh, in, uh, impact and, and, and con contributions that we make. And I just had enough. And I was no longer willing to accept less than what we are worth. And, you know, I would tell my daughter, Miha, never accept less than what you are worth, but wasn't taking that advice myself in, in so uh. many ways and time. And so I just, I think I got fed up with the lack of progress. I, I get really frustrated that I'm still trying to explain the greatness of the Latino community on a daily basis. Um, and I think that's where the unapologetically unwavering belief that we can do so much more and the potential is so much greater. And, and that's what keeps me on track. Yeah. And talk to me, how is it, how do you walk that fine line of being, you know, unapologetic when you're in a role that's about influencing and potentially working with people that have power that ha can exercise authority, but maybe don't get it? So I believe in data. <laughs> I'm a big, <laughs> I'm a big nerd, and I do like data. 
And data is the, I think it's a universal language, especially when uh, I'm dealing with a lot of CEOs or folks that may be uncomfortable with change, which by the way, I teach neuro, neuroscience and neural leadership and fear is real and, and fear of changing demographics and fear of changing workplaces and just fear of change in general is a very real emotion and yeah. it can actually stop us in our tracks. So one of the ways that I could be unapologetic and bold and visionary and and still, you know, stay true is by leveraging data, by opening up com- conversations. And one of the important words that I say all the time is empathy. You know, you have to have open and honest conversations to understand where a person is coming from. And mm. I especially think in today's society, we just shut down really difficult conversations yeah. and we live almost in these silos. And that's really bad for us. We're not going to solve big problems if we're not open. So leveraging data and always starting with an empathetic ear, I think it's really critical to not pushing people, but inviting people into this work and mm. allowing them to partner with us and respecting that their path here is probably just as windy and uphill as my path here has been. And the path forward has to be one that we actually work on together because we're not going to get that end destination inside if if we don't actually collaborate and partner on this heart. Yeah, it's all about that collaboration, right? Um, talk to me about, uh, about visionary. You earlier talked about, you know, having that North star and that really guiding, guiding you in those tough career decisions. Um, what would you say is your mission or or how do you articulate what that North star is for you? It's quite simple, but quite difficult to achieve. And that I just want people to unlock their full potential. And Mm. when an individual unlocks their full potential, it has this ripple effect on the people around them, their company, the community more broadly. And when I see individuals and, and, you know, at the Latino Leadership Institute now, we have worked with hundreds of very successful Latino leaders across sectors and industries across the United States. And it's always so amazing because I will see an individual before they start the program. And I know they're extraordinary. I know that they are so much uh, more likely to succeed if they just open themselves up to that possibility, Um, but they don't see it yet. Mm. And through the, the curriculum and the content we built and through the social network that we have built around them, by the end of their journey, it's like light bulb on, door open, they're ready to go. And that, that, that unlocking of that potential is the vision that I see. And I see that happening at scale for Latinos across sectors and industries. And the moment that that happens, companies, organizations, and communities are going to thrive. And at the individual level, it's, it's so rewarding to see an individual come back and say, you know what? I know my value and I'm not accepting anything less. Yes. That's the vision I have. And the more that we can help people see that for themselves, the more likely we're going to get to that North Star after all. Yeah. And, you know, I know so much of of following your mission and your North Star and being on brand is about what you choose not to do. So talk to me, what are some things that you have actively said no to or chosen not to do because they sort of drag you away from that? that vision and and who you want to be unapologetically. Yeah. 
I do not think small. (laughs) So I have been advised throughout my career to maybe not take the big risk, to start by doing small things first instead of, you know, trying to do big things with big solutions. And I'm just not someone who thinks small. And so despite the advice I, I get from time to time, I just, I can't think small. The second thing that I don't do anymore is I'm actually not involved really much in politics anymore. Mm. And, you know, at times people ask me, do you miss it? And of course there's, there's components of it that I miss. I miss the people. Sometimes I miss the action, the geeky geeking out on policy, (laughs) but I actually don't get involved in too much of the the political spectrum anymore. Mm. I just feel like I'm so narrowly focused on cultivating a new generation of leaders and and any sort of work in the political space would be a major uh, distraction. Yeah. And I am just narrowly focused. Yeah. Yeah. It is all about that focus, right? Um, I have a couple of fun rapid fire questions for you, Joelle. We were talking about your brand as a leader and an executive. What brand are you obsessed with as a consumer? What can't you live without? Oh my gosh, that is such a good question. Oh, I I would say I am pretty loyal to all things athletic. So Adidas, mm. Nike, um, I'm a big runner. And so Ooh. I just, I, I love me some good athletic wear and some really solid tennis shoes. They're worth the investment, <laughs> I will tell you. So I, I just think that, that those types of brands, they speak to energy, they speak to good health, they speak to being outdoors. So I would say anything athletic brand, I'm usually pretty, pretty aligned with. And I probably, between me and my family, own most of, of what's out there today. <laughs> now tell me, if you were a type of car, what type of car would you be? Well, I drive an Audi and I, I actually really love it because it would have a turbo in it. It would be fast. Mm. It would be willing to take the steep hills, but it would be sleek and stylish. It's red. So that speaks to my personality <laughs> as well. So I think I'd be my red Audi. Ooh, I love that. And finally, Joelle, what's the best career advice that you'd like to pass on to our listeners? Uh, don't do it alone. I, I think mm. people will ask me, especially as a mom, I, I talk about my trifecta. You know, I'm a, I'm a Latina and I'm younger than most CEOs and I'm a mom and you don't succeed without great partnerships. So I have a, a great partner in life. I have a strong family, a strong community. I have a strong team. You don't succeed alone. And actually, Bill Richardson had two major takeaways, and that is uh, share credit. Uh, you don't do things alone and always speak up, always speak your mind. Mm. And I, I think those are true today. Um, you, you cannot succeed as a, a female CEO with a great, without a great group of people behind you in partnership. And, and I think that's true. Well, Joelle Martinez, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing all of your fabulous insights. Uh, tell us if people want to learn more about the Latino Leadership Institute, where should they go? Yes, we would love for you to learn more about the Latino Leadership Institute, working with individuals and companies across the nation to help you unlock your Latino per- uh, potential. And you can find us at Latinos lead.org. Ooh, I love that. Thank you so much, Joelle. It was great talking with you. Thank you so much. Happy Hispanic Heritage Month, everyone. And we'll be back in a few moments with my final thoughts. 
Are you tired of not being recognized for your work? Are you ready to rise above the rest and accelerate to the next level? The Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program will help you take control of your career, develop your own unique brand, and catapult you to a whole new level of success. You are a top performer, and the Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program is what you need to get you there. Visit leadwithyourbrand.com to learn how. Wow, how amazing was that conversation with Joel Martinez, the president and CEO of the Latino Leadership Institute. You know, everything that Joel was talking about just really resonated with me. But the thing that really stood out was the whole emphasis on that North Star. I love that Joel's mission that she has been able to refine and craft throughout her life has really given her that roadmap that says, here's where I'm headed, and here's the detours I'm willing to take, and here's maybe the things I'm not willing to take or do. So here's my challenge to you. What's your mission? And I don't mean what's your mission in your current role. What's your mission in life that you can align your life's work to, whether it's for family, community, or your career? Well, that's our show for this week. If you loved what you heard, make sure you are following us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll deliver a brand new show every single week. It is Hispanic Heritage Month, so make sure that you check out leadwithyourbrand.com, Latinx, for our full collection of amazing leaders, executives, influencers, and changemakers, all who identify as members of the Hispanic community. Now, check me out on on social media. I'm at Jason Patria on all platforms, and I love to share tips and tricks on LinkedIn. Most of all, and most importantly of all, in your career, don't be that boring old commodity like coffee. Make sure you are a super premium brand following your North Star like Starbucks. You've been listening to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores and uncovers exceptional career success stories and inspiring personal brand journeys with your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Remember to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us at leadwithyourbrand.com.